time for... Hello and welcome to Homeschoolers. I hope you like the new intro because the show has changed. Yes, it has. I'm Don. I'm Jonathan. And here's the change. Boy, we are just going to launch into all kinds of good stuff. Now, Homeskillets has kind of been, for the past several episodes, it's been where we had our studio filled up with a bunch of other people. Right. And we were talking and laughing and goofing off and telling pranks and all that. And I'm sure we'll have some of that still. Yeah, and we had some lines we, we didn't want to cross, and th- those lines were religion and politics. But we're going to just go ahead and go do away with that. From that, now on, we're going to talk about whatever we want, talk about how we really feel. Yes. Because you may not know, Don and I are both very, as the secular world would dub it, very religious. Yes, we are, most certainly. And... And I think we're uh, so we're going to share that, and and not only are we going to share that, but uh, we're also uh, we have some political leanings. Uh, we definitely always have an opinion. Yeah, I'm not like super political involved in politics, but I do definitely have some pretty strong opinions that I don't normally share because I don't like arguing or offending people just because it's like it's not I don't get anywhere I, I don't, love arguing so much no, I'm teasing <laughs> it's fine between friends but strangers is not fun no, at all no I totally agree because they get angry and they get they cut you off real quick and say well you you just don't care about women's right to choose yeah um no I believe a, a baby is a life so you yes, shouldn't afford it so m- most you know, definitely I, and I don't understand what's crazy to me is I don't understand how that could be a big deal well I, there again I I feel the same, and I like, I like the word debate instead of arguing because I love debating. I have no problem with it. I like somebody who has. I learn from it. When you have I, a, a, an idea or a concept or a belief form that is contrary to mine, I, I want to hear you out. But at the same time, don't be offended if I come back at you. Yes, I agree. I like debating if the person is able to have a civil debate. Yes. If I'm able to explain that an embryo and how it's a half man, it's a half the man's, half the woman's, and it becomes one, and it, that is a, its own entity. And if you're going to let it do its thing, it's going to be a baby, and it's going to be born. It's a life form, and I believe in life at conception. And if yes. I can explain that, and the other person cannot blow their top and start screaming and yelling about women's right to choose – then I'm okay. If they're willing to just explain their position and I can explain mine and I can say, hey, biology supports my opinion mm-hmm. and it makes sense to me. Hey, since 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 we're in a new format, yeah. then I can just jump into anything right here, right? Oh boy, I'm scared. Okay, so you just brought up the whole a woman's right to choose yes. and all of that. And for those of you who are wondering, I'm pro-life. I'm he's pro-life, life. yes. So um, my question is um, to those who would be not pro-life. Um, so you're for most of the time when you're talking to somebody like this, they are for a woman's right to choose, mm-hmm. but they're also very supportive of what we would term Obamacare. Mm-hmm. Now, Obamacare, um, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't that the government telling you who you have to go to as far as doctors uh, hospitals, medical resources, all of that. And that sounds right. I don't. I'm not. I'm not. Come super. on, you liberal. You closet no. liberal. You. No, I'm not. No. I'm not even really into it. I, I just know that you get a fine if you don't have health insurance. Okay, I was just. Okay, it's okay. Mandated, man, mandated. Mandated health insurance. Okay, there you go. So, I don't have. I. It's mandated by the government that I have to have health. Inca- I have to have health care. Correct. Yes. yes. So shouldn't I have the choice? 
The choice of what? Well, if you're pro-choice and you're saying that a woman has a right to choose, oh, but yeah. then you're saying, but we want to mandate that you have to have health insurance, what happened to pro-choice? Right. Yeah, oh, that, okay. That was a rabbit trail. Yeah. Sorry. Anyways. No, I see what you're saying. It's kind of hypocritical. Yeah, it is. But. Ooh, it, I've got a question. Yes. Okay. Totally off subject again. If you claim to be an environmentalist, mm-hmm. can you also claim to be a Darwinist? I don't think so. Do we have time to go into that? Do you want to explain that? Because I could, we could do that. I mean, do you want me to, or do you want me to uh, move on and we can save it for another time? Let's table that. Okay. We'll table yeah. it. We'll table it. Well, I've been having a lot of fun with Gavel. Our most recent episode, it's not going to be released yet, but it's coming up, and it's about the black market of organ or organ donations and people being coerced into giving up their organs or kidneys being stolen from people, and mm. it is really dark. It is dark. And, yes. Um, my goodness, it has really opened my eyes to a lot of poverty. And, you know, we, I know about world poverty and world hunger, and I mm-hmm. you, you, we hear about it all the time, but actually studying it, you kind of get more involved in it, and it... When you see the big numbers, it kind of numbs you when you say, oh, yeah. this many million people a year die from hunger. But when you're actually reading individual stories, it doesn't make sense. But when I read an individual story about a man, his children, his wife, it becomes way more emotional for me. It, you, put a, you put a face to the, to the number. Yeah. And when you read their, their interviews and their mm-hmm. stories and their struggles and my goodness. And then you multiply that. You try to multiply that by, by a million and it is incomprehensible. Yes, I totally agree. And no, it's when when we release this episode, you're going to see it's it's pretty powerful. It is dark, but it is one of those things. I felt the same way. I found myself putting faces to numbers, and by doing that, it it made it so much more real. Now, in my past life, I traveled quite extensively, and um, in traveling, I you know spent time in in a couple of different places that were you know filled with abject poverty. One of them being Peru. Peru, um, the average person in Lima makes three to five dollars a day, and so I've seen some of that abject, pro- you know, absolute poverty, and and it's terrible. But there again, in doing this research, it just it brought it back like a cascade, and uh, man, we really are blessed. Yeah, we, we really are. We really are. And I was looking at there's people who are born poor in you know in India and all these developing countries or third world countries, however you want to define them, if you're born that way, you're pretty much stuck there. Yes. As opposed to the United States, if you're born in a bad city, you can get on a bus, you can go somewhere, you can find a job. And you can start over. Yeah. Now, even if if you committed a crime, you've been in prison, there's people that get out of prison, you get into a church, God turns your life around, and you can be successful. Yes. And of course, God can turn your life around in other countries as well. But here in America, it's anybody. Anybody can start eBay. An immigrant started eBay. Uh, with, I don't think he even had an education. And mm-hmm. now look at eBay. Well, the same thing would be true with uh, Google Alphabet. Um, the CEO right now, he is a uh, he was an immigrant who basically came here with nothing. Uh, his dad. We told stories about. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you off. No, 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 that's okay. You know, I was just saying his dad. I think believe sold a house um, to to be able to send him here. And um, and it gives you a second chance at life. You can do something here when you can't do it anywhere else. It's been that way for a long time. Remember our, our episode of Gavel with William Randolph Hearst? And, no, what not? Uh, the other guy. 
Joseph Pulitzer. Joseph Pulitzer. He was 17 years old when he came over with nothing. He nothing. had like six or seven brothers, and they all died, and his parents died. He had nothing. He sold a handkerchief, I think, to make get lunch or something one time or something ridiculous and like that. And then he became Joseph Pulitzer. Yes, who we have the Pulitzer Prizes yeah. named after. Exactly. His name lives on as a Pulitzer Prize. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it, it just goes to prove that you can. Now, is that to say that there's not poverty in America? No, there is. Is that to say that there's not hungry here? There is. Is that to say that there's well, not people here that are struggling, have bad things happen to them? No, there's there's lots of that going on. But what I love about America is it gives you a chance. And if you want it bad enough, there are either programs, churches, people, places that you can go that and and you know, America's filled with success stories of people who fell a hundred times, but were able to come back from it. And that's part of the greatness of the U.S., you know, the old U.S. of A. Yeah, I, I love America. Uh, you said people die from hunger. Not a lot of people die from hunger in the United States. There's something like 37 million that die around the world. But in the U.S., I, it's a very small number. It is a small number, but I do think that... Um, Maybe the word dying anybody of hunger, dying from hunger is horrible. It's horrible. I don't mean to yes. minimize no, a small it, number, uh, but I do think that there are underfed, yeah, malnourished, yes, malnourished in, in, in you know. And I've been uh, with our church. We um, in, in my past life again, we used to go in and and help underprivileged kids, and it was not uncommon to see kids that. Uh, in fact, my dad was raised extremely in extreme poverty, and his dad was sent to school on a daily basis with just two peanut butter crackers. That's it. Whoa. You know, so um, I do think it it's probably a little more common than we realize. There again, people are not dying from it in America uh, as as often as in third world countries. Yeah, hardly. Yeah, you can't even compare it with the rest of the world. It's, no. There's no comparison. No, we live in the greatest nation ever. Yeah, where anybody can... Do anything. Do whatever you want to do. That's right. You can start a business. You can go work. Somebody, yeah. somebody will pay you to work. That's it. Now, um, as far as business, uh, so I'm a small business owner, and you've been a small business owner, and here we are. Uh, we've seen those struggles, and yet people that just keep throwing mud against the wall, at some point, some sticks. Oh, yeah. Uh, so many of our gavel stories are persistence of of business entrepreneurs. Remember the one with Red Bull? Yes. He goes and gets his drink tested and it fails miserably. Because it tasted bad. They all said it tasted <laughs> horrible. They all said the price was outrageous, double the price. And he said, no, nah, it's good. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep doing this. Yep. And he was not deterred. That was, and look at Red Bull now. Look at it now. It's amazing. It is by far the number one energy drink. No one comes close to it. No, not even close. And, um, but there again, your point is well taken. It goes back to persistence. Yes. And that is an amazing quality. I don't know. Maybe this is a discussion to have, but what would you consider as one of the the greatest, besides honesty and all of that, um, those are character traits. And, and I guess persistence would be too. But what would you say would be um, a very important trait to pass down to children um, other than like – like don't lie and stuff like that is well i think number one is biblical principles of mm-hmm. course and i do have a lot of respect towards um like orthodox jews because they teach their kids very heavily in in, in their doctrine and i re- respect what they do yes um, i don't agree with everything that they do because uh, mm-hmm. they don't believe 
in my opinion, what how to be saved in the Bible way. Yes. But one thing I respect that they do is whenever the child shares with another child or mm-hmm. is give something away, they give them praise and just tell them that is the greatest thing you can do. Whenever they're giving or kind to a, a, one of their friends, that's when they stop. They make it everyone's attention and they make a huge deal about it. Like, oh, you're sharing? Oh my goodness, look everybody. And they get all excited. Like say he's a little toddler mm-hmm. and he starts smiling and he's just all happy that. So basically they're teaching by positive affirmation. Yes. That makes good sense. Yeah, I, I could see that. And I think what we get excited about and what we value is what our kids are going to value. Yes. And the fact that they value sharing, giving, not being selfish um, is going to produce that in their children for generations to come, no doubt. Yeah, hearing and seeing from day to day, right? There's so many young kids, myself included, being raised in church. When you're a kid, like there's so many kids in our church that they look at preachers and they want to be a preacher because mm-hmm. that's what they see and that's yes. what they hear from. And yes. that's what we talk about. We That's what we do every week. That's right. right. Yes. And that's what they look up to. And I, I'm so proud to see our kids. That's what they want to be. They're not wanting to be a, a superhero or something no. of, of Hollywood. They want to be and even if a man you, of God. And even if you um, are not... Um, not you know, a, a Christian, or you don't, you don't maybe are not a, a regular uh, church attender, and and we we don't knock that. We understand, you know, everybody's got to come to your own thing at some point, right? Um, but putting those values of loving somebody else, caring about somebody else. Um, if I was speak, I don't mean to cut you off. No, but no, if no. I was speaking secularly, I would say one of the number one things that's important for raising a child is consistency. Yeah. And because they have so many emotions and they really need some follow through and some consistency. Mm-hmm. If you say we're going to go to the park on Friday, you better, you go, to better go to the park I on agree. Friday. Because they remember, even though if they don't say it, they remember. Mm-hmm. And and as the other way, if you tell them they're going to get a timeout or some kind of discipline, mm-hmm. you ought to follow up with that. So um, I, I feel strongly that one of the greatest gifts you can give a child is discipline, which goes right into what you're saying about consistency. Because by giving them discipline, what is possibly um, hurting them in the moment, and I'm not talking about abuse, I'm just talking about any discipline, whether it's a timeout or taking a popsicle away, it hurts them. Uh, oh, you took my, you know, it, it may not hurt them physically, mm-hmm. but emotionally it's affecting them. So anytime you're doing that, but you're training them, you're teaching them. And what I love about it is in giving them discipline when they're two, three, four, five, six years old, you're really giving them a head start in life. So as a small business owner, we hire people. We know we know what it's like to hire, to fire, to have employees. And our employees, um, what are the ones that go to the top? The ones that are disciplined. Right. The ones that show up on time, the ones that do the job when they say they're going to do the job, they get there when they say they're going to get there. We just recently got a call. In fact, this last week, we got a call from a customer who was so proud of one of our employees, just bragging on him, saying he was actually on time. And she couldn't remember the last time that somebody had showed up um, to her home to do some form of installation or you know whatever uh, just talking about servicemen in general, that was actually there. Uh, I believe he was there two minutes early, and they were just so impressed by that. Right. And what is it that he comes from a well-disciplined home, and that's that's helping him now 
in his future. And I agree with you completely because you get a sense of entitlement if there's no discipline. And for example, you get these young kids who have a hard time keeping a job at um, you know their first job. Yes. You know, if let's say they're going to college and they're go- they're working a starter job. I don't know in a good example. They're working at Taco Bell or something, mm-hmm. and they don't have respect for authority. They don't understand hard work. They don't understand that there's consequences for misbehaving or being late or different yes. things. And I think that's very important to instill in them. Hey, if you are out of line, you got to get disciplined. And that's it's right. important to learn those lessons early on because if you're bad with money. It's a bad time to learn that when you're 18, taking out loans, exactly. and you don't understand that there's consequences to your actions. You run up credit card debt. I know so many of my peers when I was younger run up credit card debt. They buy everything they want. They're not realizing they have no financial discipline, and then it ends up really hurting them in the long run. Well, you just said the perfect word, financial discipline. I mean, that carries over. It's not just in work. It's not just, But it carries over in every part of our lives this word called discipline. And it carries over to our financial success. It carries over to our health. Uh, I've seen some people that this is just me just throwing out an illustration. If you do this, that doesn't mean you're going to be fat. But, you know, somebody just like take their pizza and they're just like go through four ranches and then oh. eating 15 different desserts. And, and, and that's fine. If that's what you want to do, your metabolism at some point is going to change. And you better have enough discipline in your life where you've set good habits. I guess maybe that's the point I'm trying to make. Discipline helps you to set good habits to where you exercise or you you eat right or you go the right places. You don't put you don't inject certain things into your body. It's it's all about discipline, and uh, it's so important. It is super important. You know, one thing I've learned is even things you read or look at, hmm. like even I can get too caught up in in reading the news. Yep. And, oh, my goodness, it affects my mind. Yep. The hearing and seeing from day to day really can affect your mind because, you know, garbage in, garbage out, what you see, what you process is what you think about. That is, yes. And you really, the Bible talks, you know, the Bible says some, um, think on these things, both things are true or good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, that's what you ought to be thinking about. And that's so true. Yes, it's it is. It's an absolute truth because it's in the Bible. And I feel like sometimes psychologists kind of stumble upon it, like, they got the power of positive thinking people. You got people that say, oh, you know what? You're a happier person if you give. Most well, more blessed to give than receive. There's so many of these things that are already in the Bible yes. that are misattributed to, to human nature, but they're absolute truth in the Bible. No doubt. No doubt. And like you were saying, garbage in, garbage out, you know, the scripture does talk about how I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Right. And if bringing if, a cursed thing in, you become a cursed like it. Yeah. That's exactly it. And, and me personally right now... Um, I'm taking a break from the news. Oh, me too. I I, I, I've, I got tired of it. Uh, we're dealing with COVID right now. We're dealing with a lot of civil unrest. We're dealing with a lot of different things here in the United States and, and around the world. And it's not to say that I, don't, I won't read the news at some point or anything like that, but I just said I'm going to take a hiatus. Right now, I'm just – I'm not going to read the news all the time. I'm not going to do it because I felt it affecting me mentally emotionally maybe even spiritually yeah and so i just i took a break i'm not i'm not going to read all this stuff well you know one thing is we're getting requests for to cover covid19 on our on our main podcast on on gabble Gabble, yes but we've been avoiding doing that for several reasons number one so many podcasts are talking about covid19 
and you have the daily briefings from the White House, and mm -hmm. you have the news outlets, and a lot of people don't agree on what's going on. We just had the following out with the WHO. Yes. And the, you got the CDC saying different things about infection rates, and then the CD, the was yeah, it was the CDC on June 10th said that it's not transmissible if you're asymptomatic. Yeah. That was a huge bombshell. Like, there's so much developing and going on that we really can't talk about it. We, we, and yeah. we're too much in the middle. A great thing to talk about, which we're going to do, is like the Ebola case. And what's that? Circa 2012, there was that Ebola outbreak. And that has already been traced. And it's a little easier to trace because it's not droplets. It's physical touch. Yes. And that's well documented. And there's some great um, case studies we can do on that. Well, there, there again, you. I mean, we're talking about part of the reason why we haven't done COVID, like you're saying, number one, everybody's talking about it. Like I'm we need sick a deep reading brief. about it. I, yeah. I mean, it's like let's just get a, a. We need we need a detachment for a little bit. So that that's one of the reasons why we haven't done it. Even though we've had a few, or you know, a, I say a few. It's been probably more than that. Request for us to do it. Um, the second thing is like you're saying. Nobody knows. It changes from day to day. Yeah. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Uh, be six feet apart. Oh, now be 18 feet apart. Now be back to six feet apart. Restaurants can open. Now they close. Now they're going to open again. Now they're going to close. It's, it is a moving target right now. So some of this stuff, we've got to wait and let it develop. Yeah. Well, here's, here's the, the, the brass tacks. Just wash your hands. I guess wear a mask. Keep your social distance. Avoid gatherings. The, the, I mean, everybody knows that. And if we just repeat that, what? Those are things you should do, and I believe everybody already knows that. Like in California, it's mandated to wear a mask right now from the governor. Yes. And so, okay, just just do it. Yeah. Just. Now, how do you feel about people who are saying the government has too much overreach, and so I'm not going to obey. Um, I'm not going to obey the the mandate that we have to wear a mask. I'm I, not talking about the mask itself. I'm talking about people who are kind of rebelling against government overreach. How do you feel about that? I think we should do our best to submit to authority, mm -hmm. just because I'm trying to be in accordance with the Bible. But I do believe also in the same breath that the government is overreaching because I'm a libertarian. I think that a lot of these things the government should not be involved in. Yeah. I think the private market always outperforms the, the government market. Yes. And I think unions are a great example of that. Price, private sector unions versus government unions is an obvious difference. The railroads are a great example. Mm -hmm. Private railroads versus the government-sponsored railroads are a great example of how private always outperforms government. Yes. Always. Yeah. Every, Competition. The invention of the airplane, the Wright brothers, the government funded some guy on like $180,000 to invent an airplane. He was number one in aeronautics at the time, and he failed and failed and failed. And he got the Wright brothers with like $2,300 that made an airplane. Made an airplane. Yeah. So it's always private sector that is always going to outperform government. So I, I'm definitely libertarian. And there is some place for government. I think they're okay with um, the military. Yes. But that's about it. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about them uh, being in charge of roads and stuff like that? Or do you feel like that they're again, again that private. private? Yeah. I, I, think, I can totally see that. I, think, I mean, I had a know, guy that used to work for the, the place in California, Caltrans, and he told me that they... And I don't, this is allegedly, this is hearsay. Mm -hmm. He said that they build the road so they break down so they can repave them. It's job security. If you build them so they break down every three years, then you get to repave them every three years. You have a job every three years. That makes sense. It makes good sense. And I, and I do feel, you know, so going back to the original question, I kind of would, I would lean the same way that 
I think that there are, you know, as long as it is not affecting me morally or spiritually. Go ahead and comply. Then comply the yeah. best you can with what the government is asking. But at some point when it begins to infringe on my moral, you know, my moral um, standards or on my spiritual standards, then at some point I think you do have to kind of take a stand. Um, now what that stand will uh, entail should never include violence because you can't out of one breath say, well, I'm, I mean, this is my opinion, but you know, I'm, I'm for obeying the laws of the land. I'm for, you know, living as Jesus would live. Okay. Now let's, um, now let's go, you know, kill a bunch of people, start a civil war, you know, because I don't like the government overreach. Yeah. Um, well, for politically right now, what were you saying? So did you, was that thought finished or did yeah, I no, 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 no. That's fine. Well, I don't know, man, but the thing would be right now with the rioting, obviously the rioting is not cool yeah. and the looting is not cool. Yeah. The peacefully protesting perfectly, perfectly. Okay. okay. I totally agree with that. I am no problem with people peacefully protesting for anything. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, the current unrest or, or it could go back all the way back in history of the United States. There's been things that have been historically protested. I'm totally fine with it. Famously, Martin Luther King protested city buses for the segregation. That's and he right. he says he stood up with America and he had an American flag behind him. He says, America does not stand for this in a famous speech. And he says, and that's when he started boycotting city buses. He stood up with America, stood behind America. And he says, we as Americans do not stand for this. And everybody got behind him and said, you're right. We shouldn't have that's segregated right. buses. And guess what? They had integrated buses right after that because yes. of what he did. And I really respect that he stood up for America, respected the Constitution, respected everything about America, and said, we don't stand for this. And that's a beautiful way to go about it. I don't think it's okay to loot and riot. To no. When you, you can't inflict pain and harm protesting pain and harm. Um, that That's my feeling. You're hurting people that had nothing to do with they're just have a business and they're just trying to live life yes and all of a sudden they get broken into and it's terrible it is it is what what a a beautiful america though that we still live in the fact that you can protest that, oh yeah that's that's you're allowed to and that's amazing and i yeah. love the freedom of speech what's that old i forget what it's from i'm sure you know uh how does it go i fully disagree with what you're saying but i would fight to the death for your right to say it Yes, I've heard the statement. I can't remember um, who said it or what said it, but uh, um, that's a beautiful thing. I fully disagree with what you're saying, with what you're saying, mm -hmm. but I will fight to the death for your right to say it. I think we've gone too far away from that. Now it's you know immediately, instantaneously outrage. Yes. Oh, you don't agree with me? Well, you're you're a bigot, and you need to be deplatformed. Or and how many and. Uh, uh, you know, not to just take shots at somebody who doesn't, maybe on the on the more liberal side or or, or whatever. This goes both ways. I, yes, it truly goes both ways. That I think sometimes both major political parties do this very same thing. If you don't agree with us, we take shots at you. Instead of respectfully listening to what you have to say, and that's. All I would ask is no matter what party you're from, no matter what political arena, no matter what – it doesn't matter what your affiliation is. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are politically, non-politically, anything. If you got something to say, say it. I'm going to listen. 
but don't destroy me if I also speak my mind. Right. What's fair is fair. Yeah, I should civil. have a, let's have a civil discussion. Yes. And I, I agree with that. I think that would be a great solution as opposed to just outrage and cancel culture that's happening right now. And not only that, but um, the cancel culture and then the um, personal attacks that our politics has spurned. Now, let me go on the other side of this real quick. I think if someone is being um, a bigot or someone is being hateful, then go ahead and let the people determine, hey, this baker is being hateful. Let's not use that baker. I'm okay with boycotting in that sense. Yes. What I'm not okay with is getting the government involved and forcing the government to force this baker to bake this cake to comply with whatever. That's not okay. I, I agree. Think I think people if you, have the right to boycott like uh, Martin Luther King did. That yes. was beautiful boycotting city buses. He got yes. the people to do it. The government didn't step in and do it. The people protested and boycotted. That's right. And I think um, in those cases... If you have a big enough following, it's like, okay, so there's some people that really cannot stand, I've heard the argument, against Walmart and monopolies Mm -hmm. because Walmart comes in and let's say you own a mom-and-pop nursery where you raise plants, et cetera. Okay, you've been there for 40 years. You've been raising your little plants, and you've done very well. Walmart comes in and undercuts you in price. I mean, to where you can't compete mm-hmm. and you end up going out of business. And then what does Walmart do? They're going to raise their prices on plants and uh, because now they control the market. Yeah, there's no competition now. And so people at one point uh, several years ago, they were, everybody wanted to boycott Walmart. You know, don't let Walmart build in our town and boycott them and all this stuff. And I, and I get the personal feelings that people had on that. My thought was, that's fine. If you want to boycott Walmart – Boycott them. That's, if you have a big enough following to put them out of business in your town, good enough for you. But don't destroy people who don't join your boycott. Well, if I don't personally if, – if I don't have any connection to your gardening business and I don't have a problem with going to Walmart, my character should not be assassinated just because I decided to go to Walmart ignorantly or innocently – I went to Walmart and bought a plant. You shouldn't be out there like basically character assassinating me for me buying this plant just because you have personal feelings on it. Grow your base. Talk to me. Tell me why I should come to your side. But don't just assassinate me just because I didn't fall in line right away. I may not know what your side of the argument is yet. I'll hear you out, but don't be upset if I'm not convinced. Exactly. And just pay me the respect of respecting my decision to go ahead and shop where I want to shop. We, we talked about pro-choice yeah. at the very beginning of this. This is another area of pro-choice. Everybody should be inclined to be able to make the decision to go where you want to go, do what you want to do, say what you want to say, and have that choice. Well, we talked about pro-choice, and then, but I stated I was pro-life, not pro-choice. No, I get what you're saying, but I'm talking about most of the time people who are pro-choice— are saying you can we're pro-choice as far as abortion right but we're not pro-choice when it comes to these other situations oh yeah i see they're being hypocrites they're being hypocrites yeah and i'm saying hey if you're pro-choice for children you know aborting babies then let me be pro-choice whether i want to shop at the little mom and pop nursery or walmart yeah so they're 
What's interesting to me is that they're guilty of what they accuse um, religious people of being guilty of. They say, oh, you either comply or you get out. Well, they're doing those things. They're saying you comply or we're going to cancel you and we're going to permanently ban you from all your platforms or whatever. I'm not involved in any social media, but if I was, I'm sure I'd be banned for for something I said. I'm glad I'm not. Well, it's kind of the intolerance of tolerance. Yeah. You know, um, we're so tolerant of everything. Everything's tolerated. Uh, not Christianity, but everything else is tolerated. Yes, except for uh, we tolerate everything, but if you have different political beliefs than us, you're not tolerated. If you believe socially something different than we do, you're not tolerated. So basically, there is no tolerance anymore. No, it's, it's very hypocritical to say we tolerate anything and everything. But if you go to a church that has that believes that there is sin that you should, should abstain from, that's intoleration. Yeah. Well, hold on. Why don't you just tolerate my This well, is my, my beliefs. beliefs. Yes. And what I believe what the Bible says about sin and sin is sin. As long so, as my beliefs are not hurting anybody else. Now, if I and, and I'm not talking about church so much, but as long as my political or social or whatever belief system is not hurting society, then just leave me alone. I'm I'm free to make my own choice. I would tend to agree with you, but then what people will say is some of your beliefs are hurting because of hatred or hate speech or different things. And we would argue that they're not hate speech. It's just what we believe and what the Bible says. Yes. So, I mean, that's like, that gets really convoluted there. It they does. say that you are hurting them. They would argue that you were hurting them and you would say, no, we're not actually hurting you. I'm not going to you screaming in your face that you're going to hell. No. But if you come to my church, which I would love for you to come, mm-hmm. then there's certain things you eventually will have, have to, to abide by. Yes. And you know, that's the other thing. If somebody is going out there and- And that's not even true. That's actually not even true. It's only if you're like on the platform or something where you're actually, you know- Used in, in a yeah. leadership capability yes. or whatever. That that would be the other thing too, is if somebody's going out there and can, you know, like in your face saying, you know, if you don't do this, you're going to be lost and go to hell. I don't even say that I totally agree with that because what I like to do, and this is the way I want to be handled, take me to the scripture, show it to me in the scripture and let the Bible judge me. Let God's word judge me. Yeah, that's a great example. The problem is people don't see the Bible as an authority. Yes, no, you're exactly right. Just like they don't see the constitution as an authority. But I would take it a step further and I would say the, the first and second amendments are extremely important and freedom of speech is very important. If someone is, saying words, they should be entitled to say them. Yes. They, you, you should let them speak. There should never be a point when you go up and physically arrest them for words that they're saying. Agreed. If they're saying th- things about, I don't, I don't even want to give examples. Yes. No. But if they're just speaking, speech is not violence. Uh. And that's a movement that is driving me crazy right now. Speech is violence. That is ludicrous. The First Amendment says we can say whatever we want. This is not um, China. This is not a place where if you speak against the government, you're going to be jailed because right now we have so many people speaking against the government, and it's perfectly okay. Well, the next thing that that turns into is silence is violence. Yeah, that is another movement that is really bothersome. But they're connected in that um, if you say something that doesn't agree with me, I'm going to come at you. Yes. And then if you don't say something that agrees with me, it's basically if you're saying something against me, then you're in trouble. 
now if you're not supporting me by saying something, you're also in trouble. Right. And so the only ones that are on my side is the people that verbally come out and support me. Right. That's not right. No, it's not. And not only that, it's not fair to those people who want the support because you're only getting it out of the – if you come to me and you say, Don, I I demand that you support me verbally in whatever it is, but I don't agree with you, and yet I am forced to do this – I'm only giving you lip service. It's not coming truly out of my heart. And for me, I only want people to support me who it's coming out of their heart. Because they want to. Because they want to. Yeah, and that's that's a beautiful thing because we have free will, and that's exactly, you know, you got the Adam and Eve in the garden. God wanted some people to serve him out of free will. Yes. He wanted some people to choose, hey, we're not going to eat of this tree. We're going to serve God. He wanted a free will people to choose to serve him or not. Most definitely. And that is why... There, that's just, people ask, well, if there's a God, how can there be evil? Well, that's because there's free will. Yes. You know, you're born into sin, shape, and iniquity. It's a simple answer. And that's, it kind of bothers me that people are so hung up on that question. Mm-hmm. It's such a simple one to, to answer. And, and I just find that interesting that people are confused about that. It's not, it's not confusing. Yes, I agree. Now, I have a quick question sure. for you. Totally taking a rabbit trail. Okay. But didn't you do something funny to your mom one time when you had a health situation? Oh, I did so many things. Oh, pr- t- tell us the prank about what you did to her in the, in the garage. Oh, so I had just recovered from... Sorry, or, rabbit I'm, trail. I'm still recovering <laughs> from... We're, we're, I'm going to tell the, the entire story of my testimony about getting healed and having a bone marrow transplant. It's a long story. But real quick, I almost died, and it's a long process of several months, and I finally get to go home after the transplant, and everything's going all right. And I think it's about six months into this ordeal, I finally get to go home, and my mom comes over to my house, and I can hear her coming. She has, like, a key to the house. So she's coming into the home, and I'm in the garage. I think, oh, she's coming. Okay, what am I going to do? Okay, I have an idea. So I just lay on the ground, <laughs> face down. I take off one of my – I'm wearing flip-flops. I take off one flip-flop to kind of sit like I tripped or something. I set up this little scene. I lay face down on the concrete in my garage, and I'm neutropenic. I'm, my immune system is suppressed. I shouldn't be my face on the ground, but I it, I did it for the prank. Mm-hmm. I took the risk. My mom walks into the garage, and I could hear her going through the house. Jonathan, Jonathan, and you know how the the stress and the voice kind of raising. You can hear it increase, second, yes. and she opens the garage and just loses. <laughs> <laughs> she falls to her knees. She's like, she's touching my back. She's she's not even. She's trying to say words, but no words are coming out. Oh, just, just poor, horrible. Poor mom. Horrible, like guttural groans. Like no. And she's trying to talk to me, and I, I started to feel bad because she was like, she was losing. She it. was panicking. Yeah, just panic breathing, and it was all. Oh. So finally, I get up. Not finally. It was only a few seconds. I get up like, Mom, Mom, it's okay. I was just kidding. <laughs> and oh my goodness, she was furious. Oh man, she deserved to be, but that was funny. Rightly so. Yes. Now, I have played so many pranks on my mom. When I called her to tell her I was actually sick, I said, Mom, I'm sick. I got to go to the hospital. The doctor says I shouldn't be walking around right now. And her response was, Knock it off. You stop it. <laughs> Would you stop playing these dumb games? I'm so, I don't like it. It's not funny. Like, mom, I'm really sick. And they just told me I should be dead. Knock it off! Oh my goodness! I had to call other people to call my mom to tell her that I wasn't joking. So don't cry wolf too many times because nobody will believe you. Nobody that's, will believe you. That's, that's the, the moral of that story. That's right. That's and it. Stay tuned for the for the uh, full testimony of that. And uh, 
Yes, Don's and I have, tell his too. I have one. Uh, actually, I have two, and uh, they're both pretty traumatic. So, yeah, we'll get into all of that. Yeah. What so. about gamble? What is, is there anything since we're now that the the chains are off? Yes. Is there anything in about our main podcast and gamble that we refrain from that we want to kind of clear the air on? You know, at this point, I can't think of anything, but I know as Home Skillets continues on, I'm sure there's going to be something that comes to mind where we say, ooh, you know, we stay more neutral on gabble. We do. But I really wanted to say this, and I couldn't, and, and so... Yeah, just um, to clear things up, gabble, we're still doing gabble, and it's going to be very neutral as far as we're going to keep religion out of it and keep our political views out of it. We're just going to talk about the facts yes. and do a very well-rounded research story and tell you about history or things we find interesting. Exactly. From, so, from, from transplants to true crime. Yes. So And scandals and, and mm-hmm. uh, the invention of, of different items and things. So um, we're going to – Gavel is staying the exact same. And um, I'm sure as we get more – and home skillets will not always be just us getting out here and ranting. There will be other times where we, we do bring other people in – in fact, we plan on bringing other people in studio quite regularly – laughing talking re uh reviewing uh you know being critical of of gabble we're going to do all kinds of different stuff um but we felt like kicking it off this first this first go around with the reformat um we wanted to sit here and kind of take you down the path that we're thinking we want to go with home skillets yeah we're going to have people in with opposing views and just have civil discussions yes and we'll have our friends in just like we were before but it'd be a little bit easier now we can talk about anything. We can. Yeah, so. we won't be. A, we kind of felt uh, we, we had to kind of go this direction because we felt a little hemmed in. Mm-hmm. And uh, at times, uh, especially as you bring a big group in, it was a little harder to have some discussions when everybody recognizes that you can't really insert some of your own political beliefs or your own moral beliefs, spiritual right. beliefs. Um, so you kind of felt like half of you had to be shut down. And uh, since we're big proponents of free speech here we are yeah so we were telling our speech for really no reason because we are in control of this entirely exactly so anyway anyways well that's all i have yeah me too so let's um what's the email oh yeah so the email is home was it the home the skillets home skillets. okay the yes. email is the home skillets podcast at gmail.com i know it's long it's t-h-e-h-o-m-e-s-k-i-l-l E-T-Z podcast at gmail.com. Give us your feedback on what you think about our upcoming shows. Now that we have no change, let us know what you would like to hear us talk about or what guests you would like us to have. Yes. We have open spots for sponsorships. So if you guys are looking for uh, somewhere to broadcast your product, we are looking for sponsors. We have pre and post roll segments available. So let us know. Yes, and we can get you uh, all the documentation that you need as far as uh, what pricing is and all that. Yeah, we have all that for you. Just give us, uh, just contact us first, and we'll let you know. And that's it, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Ciao.